Hello, I'm Georgina Robinson. And I'm Tom Deason. Welcome to the Rugby World Cup Daily. Coming to you from Japan every day throughout the 2019 Rugby World Cup. Hello, I'm Georgina Robinson. I am with Tom Decent, but he is not here with me in Tokyo. Tommy, where are you, mate? Well, 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 I'm uh, outside uh, the press conference room in Toyota City. I've just watched Wales play Georgia, who uh, obviously have done the job 43-14. Quite a good performance. Happy to dissect that in a second. But uh, one Israel Folau has popped up his head again on the eve of Australia's biggest World Cup game. What has he done now, G? What's the latest? (laughs) Hasn't he just? Has a way of um, uh, inviting himself to a party. Very few people want him at. Um, Yeah, look, this is just uh, broken on Monday night. Uh, Israel has uh, announced that he wants to play rugby league for Tonga. And apparently it's been sanctioned by the uh, Rugby League International Federation, although the new coach of Tonga, uh, who is quoted in the media release, apparently hasn't heard of it or hadn't heard of it when he was contacted by the Sydney Morning Herald's Rugby League writers back in Sydney late on Monday. So a very intriguing development. Um, Some very intriguing comments from his uh, people as well or from himself but via his spokespeople saying he just wants to focus on his footy and will let that do the talking and wants to leave his personal life and his personal beliefs, you know, um, in private. So that's certainly a signal that he, you know, he's trying to tell the next his next home that he doesn't want to cause any problems. Um, and I've, I've just had a bit of a scout around. There are a few differences between International Rugby League and International Rugby Union. In International Rugby League, uh, even though he's been capped for Australia, he's obviously played many games for the Kangaroos, he uh, can now nominate for a Tier 2 union and Tonga is one of those. Uh, and that's really different to Rugby Union. As, as our informed listeners would know, there's a lot of debate currently about you know, whether um, capped Tier 1 test players should, after a period, be allowed to uh, nominate for the country, uh, for Tier 2 countries that they have some um, either birth or uh, parental kind of history with. Uh, That is so far not possible. So, you know, Sidaleki Tamani, the Wallaby, can't, you know, now nominate for uh, Tonga at the moment, but I know that that's certainly in the sights of the of the rugby union um, power brokers, but it's okay for Izzy and rugby league and that's the bottom line. So um, that's all covered on smh.com.au slash sport. If people want to read further about that, I'll tell you what, um, no one at Rugby Australia wants to talk about it. No one at Rugby Australia uh, wants to hear the name Israel Folau mentioned again at the moment. I think everyone is firmly of the opinion that the um, that he sucked enough oxygen out of the game, and uh, they'd like to just uh, focus on the Wallabies at the at the Rugby World Cup here in Japan. So that brings me to you down south in Toyota. How was your bullet train trip? What's going on? Uh, yeah, I've made the trip down to Toyota City today, which is quite an interesting part of Japan, uh, and watched Wales give Georgia a bit of a touch-up, 43-14, six tries to two, um, and you could imagine that most of the Wallabies guys would have been watching from their Tokyo hotel at this one, given the um, 
you know, ramifications that this game could have on the context of the pool, but more importantly, how they can prepare for this game uh, on Sunday in Tokyo. Yeah. So give me your give me your, your top three uh, learnings, as they say in the world of footy, about uh, this Welsh team. It's the first time we've seen them at the World Cup. Did they unveil anything new? What are your takeaways? Well, I mean, Georgia fell for an inside ball twice in about the space of five or six minutes. Um, Gareth Davies to Dan Bigger and then to Josh Adams on the inside, their winger. So um, Josh Adams had a fantastic game. They scored a couple of tries from that move. So you would imagine that uh, Nathan Gray has got his notebook out tonight and is writing that down in absolute thickest of black pen um, for Australia when they try to come up against that on Sunday. Look, Wales tried to play quite flat as well, which was interesting. We thought we might um, see them play a little bit deeper, but they were quite flat. Interestingly as well, the, there was a lot of support for Georgia here. I know there was a you know a number of Wales supporters, and I was on the train wedged in between a number of them, so made a couple of good uh, Welsh friends today. But um, whenever Georgia scored or got close to scoring, there was a lot of support for them. So I don't know if that's saying something about Japan fans being anti-Wales, Given, well, probably not, given there was 15,000 people at their training session not long ago, but it was just interesting. <laughs> so maybe the Wallabies may have uh, some extra support in Tokyo on top of obviously all the um, thousands of Aussies who are, are travelling for that as well. And, you know, the scoreline, there was a bit of rust. There was some nice backline moves as well, but, you know, obviously the story has been Rob Howley and his news that he's now not with the team and I suppose for a first up hit out, Warren Gatlin will be pretty stoked with that. We'll hear from him in a few minutes at this press conference and have all the wash up on rugby heaven. But yeah, a, a box ticked, you would imagine, and no major injuries to my knowledge at this stage. That sounds pretty good. That sounds pretty interesting. I was um, in Tokyo, um, just outside Tokyo Disneyland, where the Wallabies um, are staying and um, they put up actually Michael Checker and he wanted to respond to Reese Hodges, you know, little bit of a little bit of hot water. Um, and we also spoke to Tavita Kurandrani, who was in that side that um, beat Wales, um, no tries, um, but a defensive wall, played with thirteen men for about eight minutes all up, um, and and pulled off what many considered the greatest defensive performance in Australian Test history, or certainly right up there. Uh, and I'll tell you about that a little later. But I guess um, the hottest topic is that Reese Hodges' judicial hearing has been set down. So that's now at 3 p.m. on Wednesday. So clear your calendar. Um, we're going to have a long night <laughs> Wednesday, uh, a long night of radio silence as it happens. You know, they go into a black hole. We basically just wait uh, and hope that someone throws us a scrap uh, at about, you know, something will probably come through at 11 Certainly sounded like Australia were going to challenge. So um, I think I think Michael Checker sounded pretty confident that given some tweaks to the procedural process, which we didn't know about until today, um, it sounds like that Australia can actually go in there and challenge the siding commissioner's decision that Hodges' tackle on Yato met the red card threshold. So instead of having to prove that there were mitigating factors to reduce his, you know, starting point of a two-week ban, it actually sounds like Australia could, if if they argue this well enough and if the judiciary accepts it, could actually basically have the whole matter thrown out. Um, that you know, and 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 the on-field decision of the TMO and the the three match officials on the field have that sort of reinstated. 
Um, so that would be a huge win for Australia because as it stands, um, while they do have a, a number of outside backs sort of waiting in the wings, excuse the pun, um, a guy like Jordan <laughs> Patea isn't ready yet. And, and I do think that Reese Hodge would still, would still figure in that 23 at some point. So that's what's going to happen. It's a bit of a shame, I think. I don't know what you think. It's a bit of a shame it's Wednesday, but uh, I also think what played, what sort of helped that happen is that Australia didn't have a judicial represent, representative, so I had to basically scratch around today for a few locals or a few Aussies sort of in the area um, to help them out because their original guy had, was called away on business, Michael Checker said today. So that's probably... Um, that's probably the reason that it's so late in the week. Luckily, Australia has till Sunday for this game, but high drama, I mean, between Rob Howley, um, his, you know, um, his gambling charge and then uh, this stuff with Reese Hodge, it's, you know, from a purely journalistic perspective, Tommy, you'd have to agree that it's not a bad way to start a big week. You don't have to just ask guys how their bodies are. You've actually got some something meaty to, to work with, don't you reckon? Oh, absolutely. You know, Tuesdays, you know, is a, is an odd day, I suppose, in media and, yeah, you know, selection is still two days away and you can sometimes be a bit dry for questions, but not on this occasion. It is good and bad. You know, Reese Hodge is a winger. So, you know, they do have cover there, as you said earlier, but um, it's, you know, a little frustrating that they can't run their best team and know 100% on a Tuesday, which they normally do, that that's going to be the team. So someone will have to fill that role if Reese isn't allowed to play. But not the worst case scenario, but not ideal at the same time. Exactly, exactly. Now, I guess you're about to find out, but I wonder what Wales will do with their next few days. Well, Wales, I believe, are heading up to Tokyo tomorrow on Tuesday, so they'll be heading up and, and getting their prep sorted. They only have a six-day turnaround, but, you know, out of tonight, there were no major injuries. Um, you would expect that's a best-case scenario for them. Australia, as we understand, have everyone fit and firing, ready to go, apart from Jordi Patea, Tavita Karindrani said today that he was okay to go. Um, so, yeah, a few selection uh, headaches for, for both teams, but they'd just be happy to get through the first game nonetheless. Hey, the, the quirker meter is ramping up in Japan. Um, plenty of fodder for the column on Monday. Uh, we also spoke to James O'Connor and uh, a couple of the journos piped up sheepishly at the end, um, as you do with the with the lightweight questions uh, about about James being apparently named as one of the top three best looking players at the World Cup by a Japanese uh, TV station. And um, I, don't, look, I don't I don't know how you rate the looks of of you know of the squads around the tournament, but Greg Laidlaw, um, a very good player. A handsome enough looking mm. bloke. I wouldn't put him in my top three. Was in there and <laughs> Bowden Barrett and James O'Connor. Now, I mean, I don't know. I don't know who these people are talking to, but you, you, you've got to have some front rowers in there, or at least some rangy locks or something. Uh, but James dealt really well with that. He just batted it away and said, "I can't even grow facial hair." You've got to be kidding. Um, and then there was a brings other to mind. I don't know. Yeah. I was going to say quickly, it brings to mind my uh, one of the greatest pieces of journalism you've ever done with Tatafu Plotter now at the 2011 World Cup. Uh, if you want to share that tale, you can find that yeah, story too on, on the web. Yeah, while we're on lightweight, 
<laughs> oh, poor Tatafu. I rocked up there, you know, as a I wasn't part of the I wasn't part of the rugby the rugby specific journalists. I was there to do my best and 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 give the punters what they wanted. And I, I swear to God, it was also one of the highest rating stories. I think I wrote that tournament. Um, it was Robbie Deans. They were on a day off in Hanmer Springs, no, down in Christchurch actually. And Robbie Deans, the then Wallabies coach, was at a was at a golf club giving a speech and. Had a crack at his hooker and said, Tatafu's pretty lonely. You know, he's the only one here who's single. And I thought, righto, well, why don't I, why don't I talk to Taf about that? And he, he, he reaffirmed it, played along, said he was desperately lonely. And I thought, okay, well, on behalf of Tatafu and all the lonely ladies out there, why doesn't the Sydney Morning Herald, um, see if we can match some people up? So he wrote a glorified dating ad. <laughs> um, for the for the Parramatta Poo Blues hooker and um, had absolutely no luck. Did get a few emails uh, from women wanting to pass on their stats, and dutifully did so. But look, nothing came of it. And I don't I don't know if Tatafu's um, had any luck since. Maybe we should get him on here one of these weeks. Ultimate poor bastard. I probably wing woman. <laughs> ultimate wing woman. Ultimate wing woman. Anyway, where were we? Just a bit of footy before I got interrupted by a media person here about to do this press conference. So I'm probably going to have to run, G, uh, but I will be back in Tokyo on Tuesday. Uh, I'll probably go to a Wales op. Uh, you were following the Wallabies. They're doing a bit of media on Tuesday as they sort of get a little bit closer to picking that team for that Wales game. Crunch match, Toyota. Um, not Toyota, it's in Tokyo. What am I talking about? I'm tired again. <laughs> Need some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, and all of your all of your reactions in the Wales game and everything Warren Gatland said about Australia, I'm sure you'll ask him um, about what he thinks about that game and, and Reese Hodge. We will have on the website rugbyheaven.com.au or smh.com.au forward slash sport. Read it all there and we will come to you from Tokyo on Tuesday night. See you, Tommy. Safe travels back. Sayonara. <laughs>